Hey everybody, it's me, Sage. So today I've got Hillary and Caitlin here with me. We're going to talk about anxiety and depression. I know a lot of you have asked for this podcast. Um, and I feel like we'll probably end up doing a couple more on the same topic because I feel like there's going to be questions after this one. But this is the first one and I'll let everyone introduce themselves. Oh. Hi, I'm Hilary Montillo, also known as the Smart Lioness. (laughs) Oh, I just feel weird saying that, but you know, whatever. Um, I teach psychology at a junior college, and I have a master's in clinical mental health. And then you also tell people what you offer, like your different... Oh, Um, I also do coaching online for women um, coming out of a relationship that they're having a hard time getting over it, um, or if you just, like, pick the wrong people all the time, that kind of thing. Um, Helping helping women get over a breakup. I do one-on-one coaching, and uh, what else do I do? (laughs) I do journaling one-on-one online journaling is pretty cool it's different it's like uh like uh like kind of like email yeah you write in a journal and I write back to you that's really I love that yeah it's and it makes you want to write in your journal because you have someone writing back to you yeah it's pretty cool I like it that's neat so yeah Hillary's on Facebook Instagram and then your, your blog also. Yeah, smartlioness.com. Yeah, or website, blog, website, whatever. And Hillary the Smart Lioness on IG. Yes. So <laughs> that's my best friend if y'all follow me on Instagram. Um, you've seen me with her many times. And then my other best friend, Caitlin, is here. Caitlin Siaga. Hey, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> Hopefully y'all know me by now. <laughs> I teach communication and social media at two different universities. Uh, this isn't really my wheelhouse, but I'm looking forward to learning more from Hillary and Sage. So, I guess the first thing I want to talk about is our own personal experience with anxiety and depression. Because I feel like, yeah, I don't know, I feel like when it comes to anxiety and depression, you kind of feel disconnected from other people, even if... They have the same, if they deal with it too, it's yeah. still nice to know, like, the other people. Yeah, or you're, you're not alone. Yeah, deal with the same thing, and um, I feel like a lot of people are talking about mental health now, which is a good thing. Finally. And guys, yeah. I feel like guys are starting, like, really starting to get in on the conversation too. Yeah, which is great. Which, yes. I like it. But, I mean, I've had more men message me wanting this topic than women. Yeah, I've had, um, I think I've had, I wouldn't say more men than women message me, but more than you would expect. Yeah. On this topic, at least. Yeah. So, me personally, um, I've had anxiety my whole life. Mine was, I knew it as, like, a younger child because of, like, the nervous stomach. Mm -hmm. Like, always, I mean, my stomach would start hurting, and that was, it was my anxiety. Yeah. Um... And I feel like your gut's very related to your emotions and that kind of thing. So I always dealt with that. And then depression started when I was 18-ish. 
Um, and then it got worse. I got on medicine when I was 20 and hated the way the medicine made me feel. Like, took it for, I think, three or four years. And I was a complete, like, I was a zombie. I didn't cry. I didn't laugh. I wasn't happy. I was just there. So, I don't feel like it helped my depression. It just, it kept me alive. Yeah. I mean, literally, it kept me alive. That was it. So, I tapered myself off of that using supplements and trying to get into mindfulness and doing everything that I could, the factors that I could control. Yeah. Because I feel like some people, you have anxiety and depression, like there is an actual chemical imbalance, but also mm-hmm. it depends on the way that you live and the things that you do. And it's yeah. like, you can do things that make it worse. So just being aware of that, um, I was able to come off of my medicine and now I've not been on medicine for a few years, but I still deal with both, but I feel like I have them under control now. Yeah. And I think a big part of it is accepting that you deal with those and not fighting it. Yeah. Because when you like fight being anxious or fight being depressed, you're not going to make it any better. Like, yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah. There are things you can do to kind of ride it out to help. Yeah. And so that's what I've done. So I'll get into that in a little bit. Just some of the things that I have um, done that aren't related to medicine that help me personally. Mm-hmm. But um, to go into it a little bit deeper, I have extremely bad social anxiety. I used to. I don't anymore. I've gotten better. I know how to control it now. But like crowds, I hated crowds. I didn't want to go yeah. anywhere to be in a group. I loved being alone. Like I didn't want to go be around a bunch of people. Um, and then my depression, I was, I mean, suicidal thoughts all the time. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't oh, I just feel sad today, like, I, like, suicide was the next, like, that seemed so easy to me, mm-hmm. and felt like the best answer, and I feel like a lot of people feel like that, but there also are ways that you can work through that, people you can talk to, <clears throat> Yeah, I don't think that that is the answer, No. but sometimes we do get to that point. Yeah, unfortunately, people feel so hopeless that that's the only answer. Yeah. Um, when usually just talking to someone can help. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not necessarily a therapist, just a friend that you trust. Yeah. It can help to just get it out of you. Yeah. Let that weight off your chest. So what's y'all's experience? Um, as far as anxiety, um, I think I, it, mine started in high school. Or maybe it was college. Yeah, I think more so college that I started noticing it more, or I knew what it was. Yeah. Um, it probably was before that. I, I, mean, I probably just thought it was my stomach curtain or, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like butterflies. Like, one of the best quotes I saw one time that described um, anxiety was said, it's like when you're going down a flight of stairs and you miss one step. Yeah. And your heart drops to your toenails. Yeah. But that feeling never goes away. That, like, squirrely feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That always described anxiety the best to me. Mm -hmm. But um, in college, I remember 
getting super anxious about going on a trip for spring break with everybody and mm-hmm. you know you're usually supposed to be super excited about going on spring break in college it might have been my first college spring break um and I don't know why maybe I'm used to going to like my um to my own my grandparents beach house but that year I was going with a bunch of people that I didn't know um to Destin to stay with a friend of mine's like a bunch of sorority girls Mm -hmm. and uh fraternity boys and I knew the only people I knew were the girl I was going with and like another dude that I don't think he was even staying with us but anyway I was super nervous about it and um my I worked for a doctor and she gave me some Lexapro I think and I did not like the way that that made me feel. I remember it made me yawn a lot, mm-hmm. which is super weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the my first major memory of getting super anxious for something that's not like, you know, yeah. that everybody gets anxious about. Yeah. But I have had panic attacks before with my ex who was, um, he's emotionally abusive. Mm-hmm. And which is why I got into counseling in the first place. Um, but I had my first panic attack when he told me he read my journal. And I was just like, because, like, you write in your journal with the thought that nobody's going to ever yeah. fucking read it. Well, and it's different <laughs> if you tell someone, but, like, breaking that trust is yeah. a whole different... Like, I just felt, oh, I felt sick and, like, betrayed like yeah. a motherfucker. And I had a straight-up panic attack. It was scary. But, um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Really. So, do you still take medicine for anxiety? No. Okay. Um, I didn't ever really find one that made, that helped. It just had weird side effects. Yeah. Usually. Um, so, I, I've found coping tools to help myself like I use a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy with my clients Mm -hmm. and basically or mostly because it works best for me um but so what is that for people that don't know because I know there are a lot of people that are like have no idea what that is it's um so cognitive is just the way you think Mm -hmm. how your brain thinks about things Um, so it's like training your brain to react to behaviors differently. It's like classical conditioning kind of thing. Yeah. So Caitlin, what's your experience with it? Uh, well, I can remember my anxiety started definitely when I was a child. I think my depression has been more recent, like since I was in like my later, maybe mid to late Mm twenties, but I can remember being in like fifth grade and we were supposed to perform like a talent show and I had to like quit last minute because I was like, I cannot do this in front of all of these people. Yeah. Like I yeah. absolutely cannot do it. So I think that's when I realized that I had anxiety. I just didn't know what it was. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't really start having full blown panic attacks until I was in like high school. I remember standing in the middle of Walgreens and I was buying like hairspray mm-hmm. and I just had a full blown panic attack for no reason. So for y'all, what, tell me what your panic attacks are like. 
it feels a lot like to me like when I'm gonna throw up yeah which I'm very familiar with as of late but you know how that you get like that sweaty palm feeling and you just feel like clammy Mm -hmm. and you kind of feel like you're either gonna throw up or pass out yeah that's what my panic attacks get like okay and I mean I have so many different triggers most of them socially yeah like around other people or just anything out of the norm I would say could trigger a panic attack for me so yeah Mm -hmm. that's when that started are yours the same no mine are like um if you've ever cried so hard like where you can't catch your breath you know that (laughs) like it was a lot like that like I could not fill up my lungs with air I did not I, I just couldn't catch my breath it was rough very scary not being able to breathe. Yeah, totally. I had people that have asthma. Do y'all have asthma? Yes. I feel like do yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's got to be scary. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel like mine when I start to. Uh, my panic attacks are more of like my depression kicks in, and I know that sounds like that sounds weird, but I get like mm. I want to be by myself in a dark room alone I'm like trying to breathe I can't stop crying I'm shaking mine's always shaking like I I can tell when I start getting bad because my body will feel like everything feels okay but I like can't stop shaking can't figure out why I'm shaking yeah and then that freaks me out so I'm like like really hot because I always get so hot yes Yeah. yeah I'll get hot I'll get flushed um I'll get a little bit lightheaded, and I feel just, like, disconnected. Like, all of a sudden, like, I'm not there. It's, like, me watching myself. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. that's mine. So, it's, like, I feel like when it starts, I kind of, like, zone out. Uh Um, So, that's my experience with it. But one thing I wanted to talk about is... Like, yes, you have people that have a chemical imbalance, uh-huh. but then you have things where you almost do it to yourself because you don't know how to control your thoughts. Yeah. And you believe your thoughts instead of the reality that's right. in front of you. So, like, one of the things was, and I'm going into things that I learned at yoga training. So, I went to. Jamestown, Rhode Island, to Live, Love, Teach with Philip and Renee. Um, Absolutely amazing people, amazing experience. Literally changed my life. Um, Highly recommend, even if you're not someone who wants to teach yoga, if you're someone who wants a week to really sit with yourself and learn how to deal with your shit, like in a beautiful place with amazing people that, like, I don't, just incredible. Really, really, really recommend going to do that. Yeah. Even if you're like, I'm never going to teach you yoga class in my life. That's cool. You don't have to. But you're also going to work through, like, one of the hardest parts for me being there was getting up in front of people and teaching. Mm. And I, I teach. <laughs> yeah. I teach at the fucking gym. Mm-hmm. Like, I teach groups. I have clients. I do all of this. But it was going back to that beginner mindset. I freaked the fuck out yeah because when it comes to the gym I know everything about it yeah like or not everything but I know I know what I'm doing there's no nobody's Mm -hmm. questioning me it's your comfort yes I'm I'm good there so having to get up in front of 30 people 
and teach something that I didn't fucking know. (laughs) I literally, I stood up there and I was shaking so bad the first day. And then by the end of it, or like second and third day, they're like, how are you doing? I would get up there and I would laugh. And I'm like, I'm fucking bad at this, but I love being bad at this. (laughs) Because right now I'm letting myself be bad and I'm not freaked out about it. And I'm not worried about all of these people judging me. Yeah. I'm just here and I know I'm a beginner and I was freaked out. But I know I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was working through those things also, like, did a lot for me. Um, but one of the things we talked about there was, like, conditional happiness and attaching everything you do to when I get a better job, when I make more money, when I have kids, when I have a relationship, when I move to this place, when I get this new dog, when I lose the weight. Like, yeah. you're living in the future instead of being content with what you have right in front of you and that's something that you're in control of Mm -hmm. for sure so it's like you're constantly living your life waiting on the next thing instead of enjoying going through the motions Mm -hmm. then your whole life's gonna fucking suck if you keep waiting on the next thing to happen (laughs) yeah so true i think so many people can relate to that though yeah, I mean, everyone, it's like, you want the next thing, you want the next thing. Like, if you're not happy with what you have, you're not going to be happy with the next thing, because then there's going to be another thing. There's going to be another promotion. It's about the journey, right. not the destination. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, it's just being present, um, and I think a big problem that we deal with today is social media. Yes. People aren't able to be present so often because we're glued to our phones, because they don't want to sit alone with their self, they need to be entertained. Yeah. And it's strangers on the internet either being mean to you or complimenting you. So right. you're comparing yourself to these other people, to what they have money-wise, body-wise, the way they look, where they live. Yeah. All of these things. So when you're sitting in your house and you could be completely fine with what's going on, <laughs> you're looking at your phone screen and it's fucking with your mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure, in more ways than one. For I think a large problem is what he's uh, being present at all. Like yeah. we're so, like you said, focused on what's coming next, uh, being on our phones or whatever we're worrying about happening. There's all kinds of bad news all the time. Yeah, because uh, good news doesn't sell. But right. You have to make a conscious effort to look for the good um, in the news and in your everyday experience, even if, like, it's something as small as, like, yeah, I don't know, a dog cuddle. Like, yeah. you just have to find positive in every experience and then savor it. Like, I think we're scared to to savor the good because we're scared to lose it or we're, we're scared if we want to hold on well. to it yeah. yeah if it's going well then that means it's going to go bad no that's anxiety talking right like you can be good and nothing bad happen so that brings up two things I want to talk about um the first is Caitlin told me so Caitlin's not blogging currently but she was and what we talked about was like going on trips and being so obsessed with getting shots for social media that you don't even enjoy your trip. Yeah. And it's all about like, oh, if I didn't get a good picture in this outfit or if I didn't get to go to this place Mm -hmm. or 
if I did and I posted it and nobody liked it, like, you're letting all of those things control your happiness and control your life. And none of those things are real. Like, they're not real. We've created social media. It is literally a fake world. It's so weird. It's literally a fake world. Yeah. But it feels so real. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like one of the best things you can do, which another reason that I loved yoga training was I really was not on my phone for a week. Mm -hmm. I mean, normally I'm on my phone because I work on my phone, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like a hard thing for me because I want to click on Instagram and I want to click on Facebook, Mm -hmm. but I need to just get the work part done on it instead of scrolling. And we were, I mean, almost 10 hours a day without our phone, like doing other things. And I didn't miss it. Like I felt so good. Mm Mm-hmm. Not worrying about who was texting me, who was calling me, what someone was messaging me about. Like, shit that didn't matter. Yeah. Um, so, I feel like there's that. And that's something that you're in control of. And if you're aware of that and you think about that, like, when you're trying to go to bed and you sit there and scroll through TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, instead of just putting your phone down and going to sleep... Your phone is not making you hold it. There's nothing on your phone (laughs) that you need to do at 1 o'clock in the morning. Right. Like, at midnight, Mm -hmm. you need sleep. And if you don't have enough sleep, that's another thing that's going to affect everything mentally. Yes. So, it's getting out of that world and actually living in the one that you're in. And, like, where Hillary said, finding things to be happy about. You also have to realize that everything is neutral, And you're the one that makes it good or bad. Totally. So you decide if you're going to be upset by something. You decide if it's a bad thing or if it's a good thing. Or if it's just a thing. Like, it doesn't even have to be good or bad. It just is. Yeah. And then you let it pass and you keep going on. It's when you hold on to something and stress over it. And that kind of thing is where it fucks you up. So one book that I highly, highly, highly recommend is The Untethered Soul. And it's about noticing your thoughts and realizing the difference in the voice in your head versus reality because we all have a voice in our head. And I feel like part of the thing here in the South is we grew up being taught that that voice in our head was God. Yeah. We grew up that, oh, you hear God and, oh, God's telling you to do this and I'm a spiritual person, and there are times where you hear different things that aren't yourself. But most of us are not on that level and are not aware enough to be able to distinguish between the voice in our head and something spiritual. So at an early age when it's point blank, oh, it's God talking to you. No, it's your brain. And we all have it, and we all do it. Yeah. And it's feeding you bullshit. Like, it's not yeah. what's actually real. Your brain's what's making you freak out and telling you all of these things and amping you up about getting on stage before you have to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When in reality, you're safe. No one's trying to hurt you. Yeah. You're standing there and everything's fine, but you're giving those thoughts control over your life. Yeah. So... I feel like mindfulness is a big thing. And so The Untethered Soul, get that book. Please get that book. (laughs) Read it. Pay attention to it. Like, yeah. 
just being able to do that. And um, so one of the things that we did was breath-focused attention. So in the type of yoga that we do, everyone's moving and breathing together. Mm -hmm. So when you're focusing on your breath, and these are scientific studies that proved that breath-focused attention reduced anxiety, negativity, reactivity, and increased focus and emotional regulation in patients. So what that means is less negativity means that you're going to not be a judgmental person and not talking about just towards people, but like I said, where everything is neutral, you can just let things be. You don't have to give meaning to everything. You can, like, if you're driving down the road and someone in front of you is driving really slow, like, sure, it might be annoying. It might slow you down a little bit. But, like, going out of your way to, like, ride that person's ass, to yeah. go around them, to honk the horn, to, like, shoot them a bird, you just gave that whole thing. Yeah. Like, you did that. Yeah. You created that whole thing. So, helps you to be non-judgmental. Less reactivity means no reaction, which means there's going to be less conflict. Where there's less conflict, clearly you're going to be a happier person. Right. <laughs> and then increased focus with breath awareness is going to be present moment awareness. So, it's like if you start to freak out, notice your breath. Yeah. Take a deep breath and feel your breath and notice that and let that ground you instead of whatever's going on in your mind that's not actually happening. Yeah. I think this is probably from one of the same from one of the same studies you're talking about, but it's like four deep breaths can is shown to reduce your heart rate or your blood pressure mm-hmm. whenever you're whenever you're starting a panic attack, which it's where I'm kind of backpedaling, but it goes with this because being aware of what you're doing and you have power over everything, like, as much as you can, um, you can talk yourself into a panic attack. Yes. Like, when it starts happening, you can make it worse and you can make it happen by your thoughts. Yeah. The same way you can talk yourself out of it happening, too. So, it's being aware that it's happening and then stopping yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't let yourself spiral. Do what you can to stop it. And I think that's something that I've always... I feel like I taught myself that at an early age because I went to yoga with my mom starting when I was, like, eight. Yeah. And we would have to, like, breathe. So, that's always been one of my things when I would be in a weird situation or whatever um I I know how to breathe through pain I know how to breathe through things yeah and I feel like that's the one weird thing about breath for me is it's like it's not it doesn't fix everything so I don't want people to think that like oh I'm just gonna focus on my breath and it's all gonna go away like no it's not all gonna go away but you're going to come into the present moment where you realize that you have a choice to make it go away. Right. And that you can do things to make it go away. It's not just breathing. It's going to disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it just brings you back to the present where you are able to help make it go away. Um, and w- another thing that you can do. So Yoga Nidra. It's a body scan. Swami J is a really good one, and these are things that you can go to online by yourself if you don't have anyone that can, like, lead you through a meditation, Um, but those are really good things when you start to freak out or when you don't feel 
like you have it all together. Yeah. It's going to take you through different parts of your body and make you focus on different parts of your body. So it's going to bring you back into present moment awareness um, and take you out of your head. Yeah. So Hillary was saying that there's um, progressive muscle. What was it? Um it's in the counseling world it's the same thing but it's called progressive muscle relaxation and you can go on youtube and type in that and there's all kinds of cool videos that can lead you through it's literally the same thing yeah um but there's another thing i just thought of that if you can't like if you aren't where you can like get to a computer and like listen to something super long you can also do like the sen- a senses check where you like what do you see mm-hmm. what do you smell four things mm-hmm. yeah go through all of your senses and um check in so it brings you back to the present moment yeah and yeah. I know like someone posted on it was either Facebook or Instagram um it might have been TikTok but there was a guy who like post tips and he was saying one thing is like get a warhead because the mm-hmm. sour you immediately like mm-hmm. you feel you taste it but you also you feel that so it brings mm-hmm. you back into yeah where you actually are um that's a good idea yeah I saw that and I was like oh I've never <laughs> thought I hate warheads <laughs> I love warheads but <laughs> but I feel like that's Ever. a it's a distraction and I feel like one of the things that we're not teaching you to do is to avoid the problem yeah like you need to get to the root of the problem and work on the root of the problem but these are how you can deal with get un get comfortable with being uncomfortable yes (laughs) and so it's like your anxiety yes I do feel anxious sometimes but being okay with that and not oh fuck I feel anxious again and like freaking out about it because if you freak out about it every time like it's so much worse you're yeah (laughs) You're not helping it. So, releasing expectations and being present. So, it's like if something has made you anxious before, don't go, like for Caitlin, she could say, oh, like I can't perform in front of people ever again. Like she just told herself that and made that belief. A thing. uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm. about herself over one experience like if you fall off a bicycle one time that doesn't mean I cannot ride a bicycle it's I fell off of a bicycle Mm -hmm. right so I feel like when you look at the actual truth of things instead of your opinion about it yeah that does a whole different thing and I feel like positive affirmations are just as good for you as negative affirmations are bad exactly because I mean when you label yourself as anything yeah it it fucks you up and you start to believe it mm-hmm. and it's not true right most of the time i mean unless you're yeah. saying like oh i am a 5 foot 3 female with brown <laughs> hair like yes yeah. that's true yeah but me being like oh i'm an anxious wreck like mm-hmm. you know no, I have anxiety sometimes, and I feel bad sometimes, but that's yeah. not true of me all the time. Mm-hmm. So be careful about saying things in certain situations that are a blanket statement over your whole life and yeah. your whole being. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to stick with those longer than you realize. Yeah. And Generalizing everything. And yeah. Everything being black and white, those are both two common 
ways of distorted thinking. So, do you feel like a lot of this comes from, like, past trauma that hasn't been dealt with? For sure. Or, like, sometimes anxiety doesn't come from anywhere and it comes for no reason. Yeah. But most of the time there's something that caused it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. As far as that, like, why it started in the beginning. Yeah. Something triggered it. But there are people that have, like, generalized anxiety disorder is, like, anxiety that comes from nowhere. Like, there's no Mm -hmm. cause of it. You just have it all the time. It's free-floating anxiety, I tell my students. Yeah. (laughs) So, what do you recommend people who have had past trauma, people who have PTSD, um, some people, I mean, clearly, like, PTSD does not... All trauma does not fall into well, that, does it? Anybody can have PTSD. It depends on the person and their situation and their view of the situation. Okay. Because, you know, a car wreck can be traumatizing to one person, whereas yeah. another person, it wasn't that big of a deal yeah. for them. So, it de- I mean, you can make anything, not anything, but anything, like, big that happens to you that, like, changes your view or something, um, anything can be traumatizing to Mm -hmm. anybody, which is crazy. Yeah. No, I mean, but it makes sense. Life is literally what you make it. Yeah, but you also have a say in... (laughs) Exactly. I feel like I know for me, I have, like, things from when I was younger that happened that shaped who I am as an adult and the way that I deal with things as an adult. And I'm learning to work through those things and me being very conscious and awake I guess um I can meditate and sit with myself and go into my heart into that place where I feel those things yeah and like you feel your heart wanting to close and be like get the fuck out there don't go there (laughs) not don't go there don't go there but it's like if you learn to keep your heart open and like stay in that spot and work through it like when Bella died um I mean, I did that, and it's like, every time it comes up, you sit and you work through things yeah. instead of forcing them back down. Yeah. So, it kind of ties into, like, the last podcast I did, like, on healing and all. Those are things that also, I know for me, affect my anxiety and depression. So, if you yeah. learn to sit with yourself and do those things after you've been to a therapist or talked to someone and yeah. still have outside help. Like, I'm not saying by any means that I do all of this on my own. Like, I have a huge group of people <laughs> that support me, that yeah. are always there for me to talk to. And I talk to them openly about it. I mean, y'all, like, I tell y'all the same things that I tell yeah. everyone else regarding my mental health. Um, and I feel like it makes things a lot better when you are just honest about it yeah and you don't worry about people judging you and you know that like anything you do isn't tied to their judgment like you don't let yourself be affected by right what someone else yeah thinks about it you're just true and honest Mm -hmm. so it's going to help you work through it yourself yeah part of I think part of, like, my biggest advice, if you're not going to go to a therapist, 
at least share your story with someone that you trust. Mm -hmm. And someone that you trust is in bold red letters because I'm big on, like, choosing safe people to when you talk to someone because you just never know people can use stuff against you, whether it's to later hurt you somehow, um, using your words against you or whatever. You just don't want to take chances with your shit that that you're already hurt by you don't need someone to use to use against you because that can make things so much worse so picking safe people is like the first very most important thing but Mm -hmm. to share your story um we heal when when we share our our stuff and a no we're not alone and then get it out like if you've never told anyone like your whole story when you first tell it it's like the most freeing thing ever yeah yeah so, share with someone what you've been through. Mm-hmm. And make sure you trust them, damn it. Yes. <laughs> so, Hillary is, like, we sit outside and we talk all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> so, even if your best friend is not someone that you <laughs> trust with everything like that... <laughs> Find somebody and, like, go to a professional if there's not someone. Yeah. I mean, because some people do have fair-weather friends that it's like, oh, okay, well, that's my friend right now. Like, a professional is someone who's not going to tell anybody anything. They're... They can't. Yeah, like, they're (laughs) not... They're not going to tell anyone. the law. Right. So, you don't have to worry about that. Um, And, like, it's good to have an outside opinion, like... When you're go when you're dealing with something like a breakup, it's good to talk to someone and get a point of view that doesn't know the other person or you in a like, you know, personal sense. Mm-hmm. So they can give you this a clear, non-biased perspective on it, which can be very enlightening if you let it. Mm-hmm. So back on the meditation front. Um, Active witness meditation is the kind that I do, and that's where you yourself, like your actual self, not the voice in your head, um, you're like a TV screen just watching the thoughts flow. You're not bothered by them. You're not like, oh no, like I don't want to think about that and trying to like push it away. You sit with it. You work through it. So, I know a lot of people think that meditation is like you sit quietly and there's no thoughts and there's no whatever. And that's why some people get freaked out by meditation because they're like, oh, it's not quiet for me. Like, active witness meditation is not quiet. It's the voice in your head is going nonstop, but you're not waiting on the next thing to come. You're not waiting for it to stop. You're learning not to react to it. That way, in real life, you have that awareness to pause and think about things before you react to them. Yes, so important. Yes, so it's learning to do that in your head with your own thoughts because if you can't do that, you're not going to be able to do it in real life. Right. At all. I mean, like with me, I'm a trigger for a lot of people in a lot of ways. Like people, I really, I, I am. I'm laughing. <laughs> I am. I trigger people. Funny that you do. Um, And it can be 
it's not even me trying to. It's they make me a trigger. Yeah. Like, it's, I'll wear something People without a bra. Have this. Yeah. <laughs> they put you in a, in, the, in a box, and that's what you are. And then when they see the box in real life, they're like, oh, my God, there's the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it's like that thing. Like, you see me somewhere without a bra, and we're going back to the bra story <laughs> from L.A. Like, I'm sitting there without a bra, and... This woman starts screaming, like, if she was aware and had control of her thoughts and of herself, she would have had the cognitive cognitive (laughs) ability to sit there and be like, oh, that girl's just at a bar in her regular clothes, not bothering anyone. If my husband's looking at her, I'm not in control of my husband in the first place. So, it's like you have to realize the things that you're not in control of and stop being affected by those. Right. Because if you're bothered by every little thing you can't control, that means that you're not in control of your own life at all. And that's going to be a really shitty way to live. Like, real shitty. I mean, you think about the weather. If you were affected by the weather, you cannot change the weather. Yeah. You can't change it. Yeah. And if you're automatically like a blanket statement, oh, every rainy day makes me sad and every sunny day makes me happy and I'm only happy on sunny days, like you're giving the weather a lot of power. Yes. You. And you do that in your life with other people, which comes back to affecting your anxiety, yeah. <laughs> affecting your depression. Like it's all learning how to deal with yourself and learning you are only in control of yourself. And not letting yourself react to things that you're not in control of. Um, I think with going with that um, reacting, my, I have a. It's actually from um, do, uh, Dr. Cloud and Townsend. They're like two of my favorite counseling people, and he, uh, they say to respond, don't react, mm-hmm. and like. You basically just said it. I'm just putting it in a different order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we have control when, or we, I'm sorry, we have a choice when we respond versus when, we're, when we, when we react. Because <laughs> we, when we react, it's out of, like, we don't stop and think. Yeah. We just react. Like, there's no control. But you have control and choice when you respond and instead you stop and think. Is this a good idea? You shift to autotelic from autopilot is what we said (laughs) and yoga training (laughs) basically your lizard brain to your thinking brain yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so one of the things about meditation is it actually expands that part in your brain yeah that helps you to stop and think so the more you meditate Again, if you're like, I just can't do this because everything's not quiet, go to yoga training for a week because you're going to meditate a whole fucking lot and you're going to work through a lot of shit and it's a real quiet place for you. (laughs) So, like, get somewhere quiet and it doesn't have to be a long thing. Like, start with five minutes. Like... Even three. Yes. Start with anything. Just start and make it a part of your day. Do it either right before you get out of bed or before you go to bed. Just make it a part of your routine and stick with it. And I know, like, it's hard for me sometimes. Yeah. And I won't feel like doing it because I'll get sucked into my phone or whatever else. And I'm like, no, I'm too busy. 
but then I'll do it. I'll take time to either stop and do yoga or stop and meditate. And afterwards, it's like everything is so calm. Yeah. And I'm able to just see clearly that I'm like, okay, I have to. You just have to. It's a yeah. discipline thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think the people who think that they don't have enough time to do it are the people who need to do it the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Probably. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Just make time for it. Yes. I mean, you make time for everything that's important. So just make right. this something. Make this a priority. Yeah. And active witness meditation, I feel like there's probably, um, like, a YouTube video, something that Definitely. can help you get into it. Like, if you don't know how to start, um, the biggest thing is just, like, looking at one point and sit, get comfortable. That's the other thing we talked about is everyone thinks that meditation has to be your legs crossed, you sitting up straight, you staring straight ahead. Like, no, get comfortable. You're, like, how you're sitting isn't keeping your chest up and open. Yes, that's one of the things that it's just a heart open spot so it's a little bit better than being like bent down and closed off but you can lay on your back on the floor you can have a pillow under your head you can have a pillow under your butt like how whatever makes you comfortable get comfortable when you do it and sit and stare at a spot find whatever the spot is and breathe, start noticing your breath, stare at that spot, and your eyes are going to start to close. Mm-hmm. I mean, the longer, and it's not one of those things, like, I can get into it really quick because I've been doing it for a while. And some people, you may have to, like, sit and stare for two or three minutes yeah. before you're able to, like, fall into that spot. Mm-hmm. But that's just part of it. So, it's, you want to sit, stare at something, your eyes are going to start getting heavy like you want to blink. You can still blink. <laughs> Just let your <laughs> eyes. Don't sit there and like hold your eyes open until they start watering. Like you can still blink. But just when you get to that spot where you can close your eyes and sit and breathe and then notice the thoughts that come up and you're going to realize like, oh shit, that is just a voice in my head. Yeah. That's not true because I am like just sitting here and there isn't anything going on <laughs> around me. So, active witness meditation, start doing it, add a little bit more time to it each time you do it. Um, Keep a notebook with you, even if you're someone who doesn't journal, who doesn't do that kind of thing, you're gonna, I feel like you notice things that sometimes you don't normally notice, and I like to write those down afterwards. Yeah. Because... You feel like that feeling's going to last, and that feeling's not going to last unless you keep doing this. Right. So, it's good to have that to go back and look at and be like, okay, well, this is how I felt after it. Write that down. That way, the next time you don't want to meditate, you can look and say, okay, write down how you felt before you did it. Write down, like, what you were struggling with, and then afterwards, write how you feel, and you're literally going to be able to look and see a difference. That's a good idea. And then that way, the next time you don't want to do it, you can look and say, oh, well, it took me from this to this. Yeah. Let me do that again. Mm, so. I like it. Thanks. <laughs> I just came up with it. <laughs> well, but that was one of our things. They were like, get a journal if you, like, want a journal. And they didn't go into it. And then I was, like, thinking. And I was like, you know, that's probably a good idea because I will talk myself out of meditating. And yeah. if I can write down how I feel before and how I feel after and be like, Oh, yeah, that does, it <laughs> yeah. does work. Um, 
It's Obviously, a, I'm a high proponent. High proponent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, that works. Uh, of journaling. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want someone to respond to your journal, to talk with about things, so that's another thing why, like, I love Hillary's journaling thing, is maybe you're someone that, like, words are hard for you. When I was younger, yeah. I wrote all the time like I still I'll have books one day I'll write books one day <laughs> but I wrote all the time like I loved to write fiction non-fiction I loved writing yeah. but it was easier for me to communicate with people through writing than talking me too. so if you're someone that is like that that's okay start where you are like don't feel like you have to get to this perfect better point to start working on things. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my dog just farted. <laughs> Fitz came to lay in the closet with us and he farted. <laughs> um, so don't feel like you have to get all of your shit in order to start working on yourself. It's just doing the first thing yeah. and then doing the next thing and just continuing. Um, because nobody has it completely together, no matter what they no. tell you. They don't, and it's not something that, like, my anxiety hasn't gone away, but I can deal with it. My depression hasn't gone away, but I can deal with it. So, let's get on the topic of depression. Okay. One more thing on anxiety. I have a a tool for everyone to use. Yes. Uh, It's my favorite one to share with my clients. So, it's the HALT method. So when you start feeling anxious, um, those butterflies in your stomach, if that's how you feel anxious, um, you say, HALT! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so you go through the letters for H, am I hungry or thirsty? And if you're hungry or thirsty, then feed yourself or water yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Like a plant. (laughs) Um, A is for angry or anxious. Are you, obviously you're anxious, so are you angry? What are you angry about? Start talking to yourself about mm-hmm. that. Ask the, ask the questions. Um, maybe one of your fears was triggered or a pet peeve. Then L is are you lonely? Um, maybe you need to call someone, talk to a friend, want to take a walk around the neighborhood, something like that. Um, and then T is for tired. Are you tired? And practice good sleep routines. Turn your, don't, like we were talking about, don't do your phone right before bed. Um, or as soon as you get up in the morning, don't start right. scrolling. Have a routine for bedtime is the best way to keep good sleep hygiene. Um, and that was it. Halt. I like it. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> So, on the depression front, um, I don't, do you, I feel like some people have one or the other, not everybody has both. For me, it's both, Um, and my depression is obviously, like, very bad, but it's something that runs in the family. I mean, my grandmother's always had really bad depression. My mom's dealt with depression. Like, it's... Genetic. Yeah, it's genetic, and... The medicines didn't help me. I've got supplements that help. Um, I take Cero Plus by Pure Encapsulations, and that's one thing that really helps me. But, like, I know drinking's not good for my depression. Right. So, I know that 
it fucks with it and it's being aware of those things and still making those decisions yeah like because i mean there are times like last weekend or yeah like last weekend i drank then you feel depressed the next day like cut that out if you don't want to feel depressed cut it out yeah i myself i know how i like i know that that's not true for me so i don't let it completely like spin me out of control and be like oh my god the whole world's ending that kind of thing yeah um I know how to work through it but if you're someone who doesn't know how to work through it and you can't handle it don't drink right like don't it's not gonna help anything it's not gonna do anything beneficial like yes you're avoiding it for a little while but then you're gonna feel 20 times worse the next day yeah um so what do you talk to me <laughs> talk to me tell me your ways that you know for people to like deal with depression um so the best way to fight depression i think is through gratitude which we kind of already talked yeah. about um i have a gratitude journal where i where i just write one thing a day mm-hmm. even if, if it's that little thing like it rained today or it was sunny today which I, I mean because I like rainy days sometimes and yeah. I don't have to leave my house <laughs> um I like a rainy day but um writing down one thing a day yes. is a big one for me so this expands on that back to yoga training <laughs> um we did spider webs you pick one thing that you love and I did it on the first day about Bo Bo is one of my dogs so I wrote down Bo in the middle and then you draw little lines off of it and put things that you love about. It. So say it's your kid, your husband, your house, your whatever it is that you like that makes you happy. It can literally be anything. Write it down and start making a web off of it about the things that you like of it and do one of those every single day. Yeah. So it goes a step further than Hillary like you can journal about it or you can write it down or you literally make this web and then on days that you do feel sad open up that book and go through and look at both all of those things and add to those yeah like go through on each page and write more and you really do you become a lot more content with what you have and grateful for the things that you have yeah when you write down all of the reasons that you love it and write down the way it makes you feel like go into the most little intricate details about it yeah and read it to someone yeah that's a good idea that was we did that and to well a to be a stranger at first in a room full of people and they're like, okay, start telling us things that you love about Bo. Well, I mean, I was just like grinning ear to ear, this little like the biggest smile ever. And they're like, y'all, like, look at her. Like, look at her right now. Like, if you do this with things that you love, like, your face lights up to people when yeah. you're talking about things that you love. And it's like, I feel like it's not very often that we have conversations about things we're grateful for and I think that that's really weird yeah but we don't we we like to talk about things we don't like yes so it's like have a conversation with someone if your grandparents are alive call your grandparents yeah 
Uh, literally, like hang out with a kid. You yeah, you want to make someone such happy. Good teachers of how to freaking have fun and be happy and not have a care in the dang. Life. Yes, like dogs, kids, grandparents. Go volunteer. That is, I've talked about yeah. this. Helping other people, it helps them, but it does just as much for you as it does for them. Like working at the rescue, literally. I've never been so fucking happy in my life, and I was going through, like, one of the hardest things I've ever gone through yeah. in my life, but going and being there and just taking care of those dogs was the best thing ever. So, yeah. go volunteer, do something you love, get outside. If you're someone with, let's talk about this also, um, seasonal depression. Yeah. Because gray days do fuck with me. Yeah. Like... Me too. If if it's not sunny for a while, yeah. if it's just constantly gray, um, I bought this little lamp. It's a, it's Viralux is the brand, um, and it's a lamp that like mimics sunlight. It's not a tanning bed. There's no UV rays or anything, so you're not gonna get tan sitting in front of it. Don't think that like Osage has this like tanning bed. Like no, that's not what it is. But you sit in front of it for like thirty minutes. First thing when you get up, if you're struggling during the winter, and it literally helps, and it wasn't yeah. expensive. I think it was like 70 bucks, yeah. which is better than wanting to kill yourself every day during the winter. Yeah. Um, There's been lots of studies done that um, light has a lot to do with our mood and yes. serotonin levels and all that. Yeah, I know for me, like, I need lots of natural sunlight. Yes. And my house is a really bright house, and I yeah. love it. Yeah. Because I need a bright, I need sunshine. Like, I, I need too. natural light. I need sunlight. I hate fluorescent lights. I hate house lights. <laughs> my like, dad has always dealt, well, I wouldn't say always dealt with depression. Since he's gotten older, he's dealt with depression more than I know about. Maybe I didn't know about it when, yeah. when I was younger, but... He, I've gone over there, and he, he's in his room watching TV, and it's like a freaking cave, and I cannot stand it. I'm, like, opening all the... Yes. The, what are they called? Blind shutters. shutters. <laughs> Curtains. Like, Dad, you can't be doing this. This is causing depression. Yes, you need sunlight. And, like, one thing I do, I crack my um curtains before I go to bed. That way, in the morning, I do have sunlight coming through them. Yeah. Like, I have blackout curtains but I don't leave them shut at night because when I see sunlight in the morning it helps wake me up and then I'm also in a better yeah. mood when I wake up yeah from having natural light um so guys I know like can you recommend if people need help like finding a therapist or want to ask you questions You'll still help guys with that kind of thing, too. You just yeah. won't coach them. Right. It, right. So, you don't coach any guys at all? No. Okay. I mean, I have in the, I've counsel, done counseling yeah. with guys in the past, but mostly girls. Yeah. Even when I was counseling, it was yeah. mostly girls. But, yeah, I can, if I can't help you out, I can get you resources I can lead you in the direction of yes. someone that can help you so if you're somebody who has more questions about any of this who needs help finding someone to go talk to 
that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Ask Hillary. It's what she does. She's literally the sweetest person I know. Like, <laughs> reach out to her and ask her. She's not going to tell anyone that you did it. She's not even going to tell me that you did it. But, like, reach out, talk to her about it. Let somebody help you. Like, it goes back into the whole, like, being a beginner thing, I think. Yeah, for is sure. admitting, like, hey, I need help. Like, yeah, that's hard. That's it really is. It is really hard. We don't like to admit we need help with things of the heart or mind for some reason. Yeah. Hmm. But if you, like, sprain your ankle, you'll go get that checked on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you sprain your heart, <laughs> metaphor- right. metaphorically speaking, <laughs> yeah, that needs to be checked on, too. Yeah. It's just being more open about what's actually going on with you and talking to people about it. So, I feel like that's all I've got right now. I feel like I said everything I yeah. needed to. I think I I think I've said my piece. Yeah. Maybe. As soon as we stop, we'll be like, oh, wait, I need it. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you have any questions or anything, um, you're more than welcome to leave a voice message on my Anchor page. It's anchor.fm slash sagecox. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, you can go directly to my Anchor page, leave a voice memo, and then the next time I record... With Hillary, we can pull that up and incorporate that and answer those questions. Or you can just reach out to her on Instagram or Facebook. Yes. Um, but Please do. Yes. So, please don't be afraid to talk to somebody. Start meditating. Start spider webbing every single day about whatever it is like right now I'm probably going to spider web tonight about the carpet in my closet <laughs> because I love this carpet. Yes, yeah, pretty So good. it can be like anything, like anything like that. Just start finding good things and realize that I'm going to go spider web target. Yeah. <laughs> that would be an easy one. Yes. <laughs> I went to target today. <laughs> So, just start realizing that you're in control of way more than you realize that you are. And there are people that can help you with all of it. Yes. And you're not alone. No, never.